Hey everybody, Tess here. I want to give you a quick introduction to week 44 of Jen and Millie. This week, Allie and I had the opportunity to sit down with Sean Edgecombe, Allie's son, and talk all things Jen and Millie content. We asked him about his strengths. He knows his full 34 and has been immersed in strengths um, from a very young age, as well as asking him about BP10, Gallup's business talent instrument, uh, and also about his perspective as a member of Generation Z. So we hope you enjoy the following conversation that we had with Sean, and take care, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 44, as in my age. It's my golden podcast. Episode 44 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. And with us, we have a very special guest. We're so excited to have Sean in the house. (laughs) It is phenomenal for me to have my youngest, my son, Sean, um... Sean Michael Edgecombe. Can I say your name like that so that like we establish right away I'm your I'm your mom. If I use that Sean Michael. Sean Michael. It's yep. pretty serious. It's serious. <laughs> um, so welcome to Sean. We're very, very excited to have him here today. We had kind of told, I think, a little yeah, we did yeah, talk we about it. Um, mm-hmm. that that Sean would be here to share a little bit about his perspective. He is a Gen Z, correct? Am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a Gen Z. He also has high deliberative, which we can't wait to dive in and talk more mm-hmm. about that. He's a UNL strengths coach. He's part of the Strengths Institute, and he's also part of the Builders Program um, through Gallup at UNL. And I want to say, as his mom, oh, and I'll just get this so out of the no. way right now, I am so proud I of told Sean. you this oh, was going to happen. <laughs> And I'm proud of both my kids, so Lauren, if you're listening, which she never is, but... She's so jealous right now. Well, she believes that you're favored. Oh, I am. And now this will absolutely... I'd love to get her on. Just to, okay, great. Just to appease. Just to appease. Oh, come on, you guys. So I'm so proud of Sean because he has taken strengths learning to the next level. Um, he was part of a, a video that we did two years ago or last year? It was... Uh, two years ago, senior year. For Gallup. Um, and just in Sean's journey, um, we, d- we didn't have the easiest road to today. And I've been really um, inspired by and encouraged by his resilience, his um, ability to um, see the good. And when he was a sophomore in high school, moved to we moved from Hebron, uh, Sean moved to Hickman. So we went from a very small school um, where he had been with his same friend's for years, the same, what, 14? And to Norris, which was a class B school. And he, he really thrived. Mm-hmm. Um, great group of friends that you're still very connected to. Oh, yeah. And he's also, I'm sure he'll mention, a proud member of Beta. And Beta at UNL is really into strengths also. So um, when right. I dropped him off, it was kind of nice to know that although his room was absolutely <laughs> gross, there was a strengths chart on the wall, so that made me feel a bit All right, better. I'm going to have okay. to cut off the beaming mom here. Oh, my ton. goodness. That was so much. So far for the test, you introduced Sean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I will. I do have to note this because not everybody's in the room. I feel like I'm third wheeling in this relationship right now, and it's wonderful. So I'm just observing all the things. And the entire time Allie was speaking, Sean was looking in his lap. Like shaking his head, he's getting super red. It's the Just same like, thing. She does it all the time. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm I know. Proud of you. God. It's, all right, it's well, wonderful. Settle down, here. <laughs> settle down, mom. <laughs> it's not the Sean Parade. Yeah, okay, no. Okay. Okay. It is though. No. Welcome. It totally is. I'm so, so I'm so pumped to be here. It's yeah. Awesome. So oh my goodness, we're so happy that you are here. And so I was going to ask you all about. UNL and strengths and all these kinds of things. Allie definitely uh, peeked behind the curtain a little bit. Okay, so one of the questions we posed on our last episode was, if your top five would tell a story about you, what kind of story would it tell us? I know that's like, I didn't give you any of these questions ahead of Uh time. You're deliberating Um, this like, oh my gosh, stop. But as a whole, how do you describe yourself? And maybe how do your top five fit into that? um, With 
competition kind of kicking it off. Uh, I'm a very motivated person. Um, same with my focus. I guess I kind of play off my whole top ten rather than my top five. Sure. Um, that's kind of the way that we were um, coached uh, at UNL. Sure. So um, my competition and achiever makes me like really motivated very obviously very competitive in everything I do um, whether it's grades or even with my sister um, but I don't know I that one kind of leads off I like my entire um, life so far because you know I've competed in high school sports and sports since I was four so it's um, I guess my my life story would just be that um, but I'm also you know a very I have a very good memory, and I think that comes with context, and I know that you have it too. And so it's it's hard for me to get rid of things in my head where I'm overthinking a lot of the, a lot of the time, but it's uh, it's good a lot of the time because I can remember song lyrics or memorization really well, mm-hmm. which you guys talked about on the last one. Um, but I don't know. I would just say it's uh, my my strengths played into it when you know moving around a lot, and it was really hard to kind of find some positive things. Um, but then when I got them, it was really easy for me to identify that and be like, okay, these are things that I'm really good at, and these are things that I need to focus on rather than focusing on the bad or whatever. So um, I don't know. I'm not really a risk taker, even though I do take quite a few risks, but nothing like crazy, nothing like going in a biker gang to Vegas. <laughs> but um, more, more like um, I'm very, uh, I'm a very calculated person. Like I make mm-hmm. my decisions out, and it takes me a long time to make decisions, which is obviously my deliberative and analytical playing sure. in. But um, you know, mm-hmm. it's just been a lot of uh, keeping myself disciplined with that too, and yeah. my discipline obviously helps with that. And you know, that's kind of the way that I was raised. But I've been fortunate enough to be, you know, a product of strengths-based parenting. So I just kind of got lucky with that one. Okay, so I want to, can I jump in and ask about deliberative a little bit? Okay, I'm going to jump in here really quick before we do because I want listeners to be able to hear his strengths at the forefront to start spotting these in conversation. So um, you said you function on your top 10, so I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to share with Mm -hmm. our listeners your top 10, Sean. Competition, context, deliberative, individualization, five analytical, six achiever, focus, futuristic, discipline, and 10 is restorative. So keep those in mind as you're listening to the conversation, to the questions. Um, But we really did bring him in as a Gen Zer who is deliberative, which is a pattern that we've seen. So take it away, Allie. So I'm I'm curious about your deliberative, Sean, because what I know about you, of course, being your mom, but also how I've witnessed that strength really shine in the last couple of years as you've made some big decisions. Um, I want to really hear your perspective about deliberative. And then also, as Tess mentioned, we see it more often in high school students. And we've had lots of dialogue about this. Our, one of our um, previous episodes was about the number of um, high school students who are choosing not to get their driver's license. And so um, caution is something that we kind of hear as a buzzword in particular regarding your generation. And I'd like to hear your perspective on that. Um, so I think my deliberative is more, um, it's used sometimes in the relationship. Like for me, it's, um, I, I guess it kind of plays in with individualization, but I like to, you know, especially with like rush and stuff like that. Um, it's very much like staying away from bad areas of conversation, you know, keeping things as positive as possible, not talking bad about anything or anyone in particular specifically. Um, that's kind of the way that we, I guess, I mean, I and Lauren um, have been, you know, raised on the don't say anything bad about someone, don't, you know, particularly trash someone when they're standing right in front of you. So, you know, being, <laughs> being, yeah, so like being aware of that. Um, I think we use the phrase, wait for the car. Yeah, yeah, wait for the car a lot. <laughs> That's what it is, especially okay. when we were at church, it was like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait at church. She'd grab my hand, she'd go, wait. Wait till um, Because he would start to do this eye contact thing at Lauren, and I'd say, wait for the car. But I think a, a lot of it's like, um, I guess, decision making and, and kind of playing into my other strengths, but... Um, I use that in conjunction with every other strength almost all the time. Your deliberative is your yeah. It's, it's it my it's into... my yeah. It's okay. my it's my mix um, between almost everything. Um, but I think I I've talked about this a lot, but it's not necessarily caution. For me, it's more awareness. 
So I like to be, um, you know, as aware as possible at all times in every situation that I'm in. Prepared or aware? Well, both. I mean, you have to have some level of preparation. So like this, obviously, I, you know, listened to podcasts before and I looked at the BP10 and I came somewhat prepared. I'm usually... You also called me four times. I did. <laughs> I did. But um, like being in that, um, you know, that, mm-hmm. that mental state of always being ready for whatever can happen. doesn't matter if it's a accident on the way up here, had to get gas before I left my house this morning, before I went to work, because I knew that I was going to have to get it. It's just, it, uh, but that's also kind of analytical, mm. whereas I'm uh, figuring out different alternatives um, and kind of going, you know, if something bad comes to my way, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm either going to push it away <laughs> or go right towards it. Mm. So um, I think... It was, I didn't really think, for a long time I really thought that it was in the raw stage of just being scared of things, um, being nervous to approach things, um, not really wanting to get outside of a comfort zone, and being too patient. Um, That's really something that I've struggled with, of um, being too patient to either go up to talk to somebody or being too patient to make a decision. So like, recently, been looking for a car. I've been looking for like two months and I still can't decide on something. Like I can't go shopping because I want every single option. I, it's just the way <laughs> that I'm But pulling the been. trigger is hard. Yeah, it's because I'm, you know, I have, I don't like to keep my, I don't like to lower my, like my, uh, say my, my, whatever my money is, my account or whatever. I don't like to keep it below a certain amount of dollars because I'm afraid that something will happen mm, if it does. Or you'll need it. Mm. So I've always been something that's... Um, Very frugal. Yeah. Always. Mm. Yeah. I've, okay. I have a hard time pulling the trigger on things. Interesting. Okay. I want to insert because I want to ask a question about uh, how you said the whole wait till the car philosophy, mm-hmm. not saying anything bad about someone, looking for the positive nature, yet you have positivity fairly low. Oh yeah. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because I feel like there are people listening or even um, conversations that we've just had as a staff, um, we've had with mentors and mentees that say, I feel like I have that strength, but it's not high on their list. Like mm-hmm. an example is people say, Tess, you seem like a person with high communication. And communication is like middle of the road. Like mm-hmm. it's very much like kind of smack dab in the middle. So it's not a high talent for me, yet I can communicate mm-hmm. fairly easily, right? Can you differentiate why you think maybe you have a positive outlook on life and how that's different from having the, the talent of positivity? Um, so you can always tell when somebody has positivity. Um, they really light up a room. Um, at least what I've seen in the strengths class that I took at UNL, mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of people with high positivity communication woo in there, where mine, mm-hmm. those are my bottom 32, 33, 34. So <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I can kind of read it a little bit, but I think the 34, that's just positivity in general. It's hard to encapsulate positivity sometimes because, you know, it's hard to think about how can I look at this the best way possible? Whereas positivity is just always having that mindset where somebody somebody might be really positive mm-hmm. some of the time. They might have good days or bad days. But the people yeah. with positivity are there every single day, bright, bushy-tailed in the morning and ready to rock. So mm-hmm. I am not one of those people. Mm-hmm. But um, having a positive outlook, regardless of how your day is going, it can make everything better and it makes the impact that you have on other people better. So it's a learned behavior rather than a talent, you're yeah, saying. Yeah. It's almost like you have to practice positivity yeah. or you were taught to be positive, right? But yes. it might not be an innate talent that you right. drive on mm-hmm. all the time. Right, where someone mm-hmm. someone can be naturally positive. Yep. Whereas yours is more of a deliberative choice. Yeah. I have to yeah. I have to like <clears throat> I have to determine, all right, is this a day that I like say it's like a Thursday or something and I'm like, okay, there's Friday, Saturday, Sunday where I don't have to work as much. So I'm like, thank. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited because like the weekend has so many things in store and I can't imagine what is going to happen. But it's people with positivity are like that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whereas mm-hmm. I'm just like that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Monday when I can get back into the office. But when you think about your friend group, do you feel like you, there is a lot of deliberative in your friend circle? Oh, no. No, I think I might be the only one. Maybe, maybe one of them. One of the seven of us. But, like, if you, I mean, 
for instance, Bryce is positivity, woo, communication, no deliberative at all, taking every, <laughs> jumping off cliffs, taking every risk possible. Literally. Whereas, whereas maybe me and Trey are more, all right, let's just like slow it down. Let's, you and who? Trey and I. Thank you. <laughs> the grammar lessons do not stop. Never. Oh my goodness. God. Um, but I've never seen you vocally do that to somebody. I know. I've heard only it to in my children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, but you know, it's it's. I see a lot of uh, different strikes playing into our friend group, but nobody no else has deliberative. I don't think very high. So when you and I chatted about deliberative and where Tess and I are seeing it more, we talked about this generation of safety, and you had some really great insights to that because. I think what Tess and I have talked about is we assume it's this is the generation that has gone through school um, lockdown drills. This is the generation that has been Columbine. Yes, mm-hmm. your approach, your your look on outlook on this, I thought was really fascinating. Do you remember what we talked about when you talked about um, potentially being on camera? Oh yeah, well I think everything is so um, you know out there, like literally everything and anything anybody can find out uh, what you look like where you're from like that um i think uh, especially in i guess my generation i don't want to speak for my entire generation but um in my sense it's i don't play a huge part on social media i never really have i'm just kind of there to observe which is my obviously my deliberative but um i don't um i think a lot of people are thinking in their head we've uh, i mean especially my like graduating in our school, um, they always said, anything you post on social media is and can be used against you. Like literally that's how it is. So I think um, I've always had the approach of don't do anything stupid. Don't let anybody see anything stupid because if you do, it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of people have that same outlook of like, I don't want to screw up my future, um, but also, you know, I don't want people to think wrongly. So I think the social media thing is a, it's a platform for people to, you know, share their ideas and, and I love social media and obviously I'm, I've grown up with it, but, um, you know, sometimes it goes a little too far, whereas, uh, people use it in the wrong ways, I guess. Well, and what you said to me that really startled me was you could be recorded at any time. Mm-hmm. Literally any time. Yeah. And that gave me a lot of insight to think about our high school students today, that they're, they're contemplating that at any given moment, their world is recorded um, and put out there publicly. You know, that's not something that my generation had to deal with. We talked about this a while back. You know, pressure is different today than it's ever been because it goes with you with that phone. Mm-hmm. You know, I got off the school bus, and that was the end of social pressure. And I got right. to, you know, explore the farm, and there were, I didn't know what anybody was doing or wearing or talking about until I got to school the next day. Right. That's completely different. Yeah, now it's, now it's specifically, I mean, it's 24-7 all day, every day. There's always somebody up on their social media page or posting something or um, you kind of have that, I guess, that mentality of what am I doing if these people are doing all these things. So Does it pain you to see your when, sister's post? Oh, yeah, it's ter- terrible. <laughs> because I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's just not, like, I understand she's, like, graduated senior in college and you know, but you you understand her strengths. Yeah, and and again, it's I guess it's you know to each their own. She likes to post everything on social media where I don't, um, and so you know we'll see how he that ends even. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh god, we'll have to get her on here to defend. You know what? What's so funny? It's so funny because um, I think competition is pretty low for Lauren. But growing up, they were so they were always kind of at each other with the things that they would say and do. And I'm sure you can relate to this as a sibling. Mm -hmm. But Sean would say all the time, you know, that he was going to be more successful than Lauren. (laughs) And he he would just, from a very young age, like, I am completely going to be in a better place than you. Mm -hmm. And and then another thing that he would kind of add to is, um, long before we knew about strengths, you would say those kinds of things mm-hmm. about your strengths. I think you saw maybe, and it's so good that you're a coach now, you saw your, your talent as superior. Yeah. And now you know that we all have all 34 of these amazing talent themes within us, mm-hmm. and our top five are unique to us, right. but also lead us to um, the careers, the, the things we love to do. Right. Your sister is loving what she's doing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you're loving what you're doing, and we'll, I'm sure Tess wants to know a little bit more about that. Right. But I did want to ask you about your individualization and how you called me on Friday, like you do. He'll, and I'm going to make a note of this. He will call me. I don't text. I hate I hate it when people text me. If you're going to have a conversation with me, just call me. Because I want, I, want I want the real deal. Like, I can, I can literally... So, this is a... I mean, I guess a, an example of it. But um, me and one of my friends from... One of my friends and I from high school... <laughs> God, he's still doing it. One of my friends and I from high school were okay. talking on the phone when I got off of work. And we were talking about going over to um, Brantley's or whatever. And so, I, I, we were, like, Snapchatting back and forth. And I was like... I just called him, and he was like, what? And I was like, we can literally have this conversation in two <laughs> minutes, whereas Snapchatting back and forth would take us 40. So I think that might just be me wanting to be efficient or me wanting to have, like, because it's so, like, raw. Like, it's just like this where you're in front of someone talking back and forth, and you are supposed to have that conversation. People are also a lot more vulnerable when you talk to them on the phone rather than hiding behind that mm-hmm. that that screen. I've had that trouble for a long time, especially with Shanna, is I cannot get I cannot get mad when I'm talking to you on the phone. I can get mad at you when I'm texting to you. But mm-hmm. I cannot I cannot literally hold like a serious conversation when I'm talking on the phone because I'm just doing too many things and thinking about too many things. For listeners, that's your girlfriend. Yes, five years. Five years. Yep. Yeah. And she is a delight. She is She is the best. She is wonderful. We need to get her a thir- four, thirty-four. Well, and this is interesting that we're talking from a perspective of Sean's 10. Mm -hmm. um, And so before we go any further, when you called me, you said, Mom, I had this thought today about calling people on the phone. And you said, that's my... Individualization. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he'll just call me because he has a thought Mm -hmm. and he wants to tell me. So when he calls, I used to get very like, what's the matter? Yeah. And now it's just he has, he has a thought. He has a thought and he wants to share it in a meaningful way. Well, you but you also know, like you know that that's me. I do. But it's it's hard for me to identify it within myself sometimes. Where I like do something, and I'm like, oh, that's like what I do. Yeah. Like that's just normal. Mm-hmm. And whereas right. other people might observe it and be like, why are you calling me? You're right. like you appreciate and you're like, he just made an insight about himself. I'm sorry. Self-awareness is underrated. Okay, so him talking about his 10. Okay, so I'm going to cue us up a little bit because we've gotten um, some awesome feedback. We've asked for feedback the last few times on the podcast, and there are some people that listen that maybe aren't as fluent with Gallup language, Mm -hmm. strengths language, even generational language. So the three of us sitting around this mic come from three very different, um, you and I more similar but still different, philosophies when it comes to utilizing strengths, coaching with strengths, and Mm -hmm. making it practical in people's lives. Allie comes from a Gallup University uh, two-and-a-half, two-year uh, training, uh, CSBE certification, where she worked one-on-one with some of the greatest Gallup minds mm-hmm. um, that were directly influenced by Don Clifton, um, the founder, um, a grandfather of positive psychology, um, founder of Strengths, co-founder of Gallup. And his philosophy, um, and a lot of your philosophy, your, your teachers, their philosophy around Strengths was you could spend your entire lifetime knowing your number one. Now, there's been a lot of research, um, a lot of work that has been done realizing the blends between them. So you come from a very top five centric learning, right? You didn't get your full 34 till after the two years, right? right? And it was like, oh, here's this information, but put it away because it doesn't really matter, right? So I come from Accelerated Strengths Coaching, ASC, um, certification, uh, two and a half years ago now, almost three years ago now, I went through my uh, training and mine was a, you got your full 34 ahead of time. Uh, it was a dominant supporting and lesser themed talent. So everyone has their full 34 and you split them up into these three buckets. You still have your top five, which you can spend your lifetime learning, but your dominant themes are super important to learn as well because the rest of your top 10 or wherever you cut off that line, those themes blend with one another to support one another. So a lot of my learning still has been around you focus on your top five, but your top ten are meaningful and mm-hmm. you need to do work around them. Right. And your lesser talents, which now are being potentially called weaknesses, according to Gallup, um, we all, two of us cringed in the room, <laughs> um, are, for me, it was important to learn about them, is what I was taught, to know that they're your limitations, they're mm-hmm. places where you have non-talent, and they're places where you either have complementary partnerships or you utilize blends of other strengths to 
find that within mm-hmm. your top 10, right? Okay, so you come from an even newer wave based on where I've come from, which is 34 and total top 10 focus. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. So um, with the with the strengths class at UNL, you know, we have the Clifton Strengths Institute, and um, I guess we, when you take uh, your, your introduction to your uh, your strengths theory um, class um, when you're an incoming freshman, which is every college of business student has to take it. Um, you get your top five regardless. So um, we, I got my top five. Obviously, I had it before, um, but a lot of people were new to the idea of their top five, um, and so there was. What I think happened was there a little bit of pushback from the people that were actually coaching. I was like, okay, you should give us a little bit more. Like, give us just a little bit more. So we got we get our top ten when we're in the strengths program. Um, so that, I guess, for me, um, with my facilitation group specifically, um, I mean, we signed up for them like individually, and um, so we got like our strengths map. You know, the same thing that you get in with your all your um, your themes and uh, your groups or whatever and so we looked at them we signed up didn't need or know that this was going to happen got our full top 10 and we were so spread out along the board um, I think for us it's a lot of use of putting the people into teams um, and more or less like okay these can be complementary themes but they're also gonna drive off of each other so like um, there's two other people in my group that have competition in their top five um, and so whereas I lead with it, they're still going to do that, but just I'm going to be the main focus on competition and games or whatever. Um, I think a lot of it for the, for the top 10 is more, um, you know, because not everyone has their full 34, and it's hard for uh, UNL to do that. And so we decided to do the top 10, and so that way we were able to identify some of the things that we're able to do better than others, whereas others could do better than us too. So it's almost the top 10 is use in collaboration or team building. Yes. Um, yeah. Right fit on team, right place on the bus. Yep. Um, because, right, you might all have competition, but your competition is blending with other strengths, mm-hmm. so it's going to look different. Right. So do you um, do you get a team talent map right away? Mm-hmm. Right away. Like, literally the first time I met all three of them, all the three others, I got it just like that. So um, do you find that that's helpful for you? Um, I think... I don't know if the visual is always something that I need. Um, I really am a firm believer in, um, you know, just making those, um, you know, general relationships, but I don't think a relationship can be drawn out on a piece of paper. Um, I think it's very, Mm -hmm. you know, one-on-one working together. If um, somebody isn't working out, it's something to revert back to and be like, okay, this is what we can do best and this is where we're going to focus. But I am more so focused on, building a relationship among all of us, even though I don't have includer or anything like mm-hmm. that. But Where's I think, belief for you? Well, man, pretty low, I think. 20? Right 20? Yeah. I mean, so I hear that. Yeah. So uh, one of my questions, too, and it comes along the line of the team mapping, you, in your top five, you fall in all four domains, mm-hmm. which I don't think we find super... Like, it's not a very common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, both Ellie and I fall into just a couple domains, um, but you fall into all of them right away in your top five. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you, uh, because you do coaching, you are a coach mm-hmm. um, that has been certified through Gallup and through the Clifton Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, what you appreciate about the domains, um, how you use domains, um, and then even about how they fit into your own, how you use domains personally mm-hmm. um, in your own strengths development. Um, I think... The domains are a good way for, um, I guess, again, I'm gonna bring this back to almost team building, but um, it's more or less like where you're able to do better at. So like I don't have, a, I have one relationship building strength in my entire top 10. So um, it's very hard for me to, I guess, strive in that area, whereas the rest of my team members do. So like what we were talking about is the with the grid map and everything, you know, I only had one, but the rest of them had five or six. Um, I think my domains kind of split up. So I guess sometimes my context can be in the strategic thinking or even executing. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Also with individualization or deliberative, it can be in a relationship or um, my 
um, executing. Sure. I think they kind of blend together a lot of the time um, and the specific ways that I use them. But um, I think at every single moment during my day, whether I'm at work or at home or hanging out with my friends, I use a mix between every single one at all times. Sure. I, I, I mean, I really believe that, um, I guess it's, it's kind of hard to define, but more or less... I know that every single one has their complementary theme, like definition, um, but I think mine more, it's like three or four that are really blending together, especially my top yeah. 10 that mm-hmm. blend together super well. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's it, not necessarily towards the domains, but more striving towards a goal. So using every single one towards a goal. Um, but, you know, it's kind of hard to get those, mm-hmm. the, the gray areas of in-between domains. Yeah. I think that's great to think about, too, because we've talked about domains on the last couple of episodes with our recap of the summit, and I think even the one before that mm-hmm. we chatted a little bit. And I think I, I love the concept of the overlay of domains, but I think we tend to then box our strengths into those domains mm-hmm. or back them into them. Yeah. So I love that you talked about context specifically. So I share, and I have a context individual blend in my top five as well Mm -hmm. and so I share that my context as much as it does help me remember things and um, draw on stats and you know love interesting facts right right? Um, it almost primarily functions in my life as a relationship building strength especially when coupled with individualization Mm -hmm. because I love to know the personal history of someone when I encounter them Mm -hmm. because it makes it so much more meaningful it explains their behavior their talents right Mm -hmm. like I feel like that's a great I've mm -hmm. literally Every single time I meet somebody new, I, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the basis that you build every relationship on is like the history of like their life. Like, where are you from? You know, what are you mm-hmm. studying? Um, you know, who how did you, you get to today? Right. Yeah. Where did you, where did you come from? You yeah. know, uh, what was your journey like to where you are? Mm-hmm. Um, that, those questions always play super big in my relationship building. Um, but also my, my context, it kind of switched between because like uh, you guys said in the last one is your memorization and you can mm-hmm. memorize things based on the things that you already said before. Sure. So um, I could still recite a stat line from 2010 at a basketball game, but <laughs> I couldn't, but I couldn't remember. I could remember a small conversation that I had with somebody, a new person yesterday. That's yeah. individualization and context, but also I couldn't tell you what I did yesterday for lunch. So there's certain things that I keep, and I think that that's the individualization, the uniqueness of it. But the context is like, all right, keep it in the back of your head because you're going to use it again. Um, I think context is is very rare for um, the use of moving towards something new because I'm futuristic in context. So um, I've I've used this like explanation a hundred times before, but my context is looking back and seeing how that I can do stuff better in the future, whereas my futuristic, yeah. my head's in the clouds, but my focus is what's bringing me back down to today, what I have to do today. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about time orientation with strengths, and mm-hmm. mine's a similar example. I have context, adaptability is second, which is so present focused, and then strategic is future focused, future focused right? Yeah. So I think it's really cool to see with each of the, the themes, you know, with Kurt's cards or the theme insight cards, mm-hmm. it says at the bottom, like, blind spots or limitations, mm-hmm. and I, I've never resonated with most most of the blind spots of my strengths because I feel like our other strengths partner really well mm-hmm. with the themes that might present blind spots. So you never have a problem of being stuck in the past, right. which is the blind spot of context. I don't either, I feel like, because our other themes that are present or future-oriented help bring us out of that. Right. So I think that's really good to think about is that even what what conceptually is the the basement, the blind spots, um, the the um, shadow sides of some of our strengths we might not fully experience. It doesn't mean we have the ta- we don't have the talents, right. right? It doesn't mean I can't claim my context because I don't experience the blind spot of it. It probably means, right, in most cases for most people listening, that they have other themes that are pulling them out of the blind spot place yeah. that their strengths might naturally reside in if they were in an isolated container. Yeah. So for those that are listening, and this is, this is fantastic because if you are fluent in strengths... You're resonating mm-hmm. with every single thing that's mm-hmm. happening here. If you're not fluent in strengths, yeah. Sean, I would love to hear your elevator, your 30-second. Mm. Oh, man. Why? Why strengths? What are strengths? Why strengths? Oh, man. Um. I know I didn't give you time to think <laughs> about that. Do you want to ponder it? Mm, no. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to go more of a individual, my experience with it, rather than the selling the idea. Okay. Yeah. I want to sell the experience, because I feel like that's sometimes hard for people to um, sell, is what you're going to actually do with it, rather than, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of it. Sure, good. Um, so... When I got my strengths, it was a it was a really hard time. Uh, we were always, you know, we were in a little bit of a struggle as a family and stuff like that. Um, but when I got them, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is something that should be everywhere. You're focusing on the positive things. Um, I've heard tons and tons of entrepreneurs talk about never work on the things that you're bad at, just strive in the ones that you're good at. Um, so for me, I. I kind of felt it as, okay, these are these words, like this identifying word that got me and is me and has been me for years, but yet I just took this personality quiz and just got a unique insight report on it mm-hmm. based on my top five, on how I answered the questions. Um, I think this is something that is has been sweeping the nation in Fortune 500 companies, universities across America and everywhere. Um, if you're not trying to focus on the things that you're good at and you're trying to get better at the things that you're bad at, you're not going to make as forward strides. Um, I think that's it. Wow. Good. It's really good. That is really good. Um, John Maxwell is someone that you have read in the past. John Maxwell. Do you remember me getting you John Maxwell's book? And Tess and I saw him at Global Leadership years ago. Yes. And no Global Leadership Summit, which is a little bit different than Gallup Summit, but Global Leadership is um, different. Anyway, and I bought you his book. <laughs> and well. so when you talk about when you talk about being interested in what entrepreneurs are saying and doing, you have always been that kid. You were always thinking about how will I be successful? How am I going to be my most successful? Um, you knew early on what you were good at. Mm-hmm. You knew how to make connection with people. Um, and you knew, honestly, how to sell an experience, but not not try my experience, but what's your experience? Mm-hmm. You've always been that kid. I mean, I can think of... Sean was the kid who, when he would wake up in the morning, I mean, he had fear of missing out so bad oh, yeah. that you, you would hear him breathing. <laughs> next to you and it would be you know five thirty, six o'clock in the morning he's like mom what are we doing today and he would be just he was has always been so excited about life hmm. um didn't want to miss out on an opportunity didn't want anything to get in the way of there is something good that can come up this day when does it start mm-hmm. um so on that note, I thought maybe you would explain a little bit about BP10 and about the entrepreneur piece, which Tess and I are not super fluent in. Actually, no, I'm not fluent at all. That's me fine. neither. Um, but to explain BP10 and then what you're doing with the builders group. Okay. Um, so I'm basically going to read what is exactly on this paper. Um, okay. Do you want to explain what it is to those who would have uh, no idea? Um, yeah, I think I'll be able to do this with that. Um, so Gallup has identified 10 innate talents and success that successful business builders share. So um, this ranks the top 10 talents in order in which it's the same, not necessarily the same, but um, very similar to the 34. Um, But they recommend that you focus on your top four talents because they provide the best opportunity for yourself in business. So it's very specific industry specific to business. Um, So I have my report and the top talents are Risk, determination, relationship, profitability, um, and then there's independence, knowledge, confidence, selling, disruptor, delegator. Um, so they give you your top four talents um, that you have, and then they give you a role. So my role is a conductor, which means I possess great management talent, and you bring order and harmony to the chaos of a young venture. So with that, at UNL um, specifically, there's a thing called the Builders Program. So basically what they do is everyone that takes Biz Ed 111, the Investing in Strengths class, um, you take this. Um, and there are a group of the top 10% 
of everyone that took it that semester, um, they pull you aside and they say, hey, you should apply. So I applied, um, I got in, um, I interviewed with Sam and Taylor, um, mm-hmm. and so I already knew them from the, the strengths program. Um, and so essentially what it is, it's there's three different tracks that you can go on. Um, there's a team track, there's a community track, and there's a business track. Um, so my track is something that you determine when you're in the classes. So this next year I'll be taking two um, classes, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial organizations and um, building life for impact. So those are two classes that I take that are going towards my builder's major. So I'm technically managing or majoring in management, um, but it's the Clifton Builders Management major is the Mm -hmm. track of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically the Clifton Strengths Institute um, allows this because, you know, we, um, I guess for the business track specifically, um, you give advice to uh, small businesses around the community. Um, you do like Quick Pitch, um, which is a competition um, at UNL, and um, we've had a ton of people win. Um, one of the one of the girls that was in my strengths class, Lauren, um, got like a five grand check and has investors talking to her every week on a business idea that she had. Wow. Um, so it's 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 really like a um, a really great opportunity and you take all these classes with the people that are in the builders program with you um, so uh, I have another beta um, that is in it with me uh, Will Spethman and he's you know just a really really smart dude and, and when I didn't know that he was even applying for it and he got in um, just based on the BP10 so um, so tell us what your four mean to you um so I guess I'm going to kind of tie it into like the, the 34 because I think that that's a little bit more familiar for everybody. Um, I have risk, determination, relationship, and profitability. Um, risk for me is, I think, my deliberative mixed with my analytical, um, kind of making sure every single decision is measured, pros and cons. Um, sure. My determination is probably my focus and competition and achiever. Mm-hmm. Um, relationship is individualization and context, I think. Um, because, you know, you have to learn the history of a business before you can get in touch with it. Um, and then I think profitability is, even though I have woo really, really, really low, I think I could sell something amazingly. Like, I think I sold the idea and the experience of things well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I do that better than almost everybody. Plus your competition. Yeah. It's always trying to be outmatched, the person sitting across from me. And I think that that kind of comes with even Rush. Um, trying to get the, the best kids out there. Um, so so you don't have to be a part of UNL or the mm-hmm. Clifton Strikes Institute to take this, correct? Yeah, no, so you can do it, no. right? So this is a Gallup instrument that can be used yep. and applied in, in, in business settings, right? Is it specifically entrepreneurial settings or any business? Um, it can be any business. Um, like, I guess there's the four different roles um, that you can get. And I guess... Th- for me, it was or three different roles. I guess for me, it was more. Um, it was more like identifying. I guess I guess it's kind of industry specific, but um, you know, there's a rainmaker, a conductor, and an expert. So um, I'm not sure how those th- other two are achieved, but I got mine, and that's just how it was. Um, I know a lot of. I know <laughs> that's just how it was. <laughs> I know I know a lot of people that had rainmaker, and that's just like high profitability. Um, high de- determination mm-hmm. and so um, high confidence and so that I see how the the full 34 has really played into those because sure. you know woo communication positivity mm-hmm. um, you know the salesperson I guess um, but you know I've I guess I just kind of answered them as well as I could and then I got in so if you were to guess you know your mama pretty well what what BP 10 for do you think I have um, relationship what? Just what? Uh, relationship, disruptor, knowledge, and delegator. I think. What about tests? I mean, you just, mm. I mean, you kind of know of tests through determination, osmosis. determination, independence, confidence. I'd say that's pretty spot on. Mm, yeah. Okay, also, with these three, 
Tess would be an expert. Yeah. High confidence, high knowledge. I don't know that I'm... You're, you could be a rainmaker for sure. When you think about... So I had a conversation this morning with this awesome researcher that we've been working with. And she talked about she's actually teaching a sales class right now. Uh, and she's an organizational psychologist is mm-hmm. her background. Mm-hmm. And she said, everybody is trying to sell something. You, you are a salesman whether or not you realize it, Allie. Mm-hmm. And you're probably more than maybe conductor or expert when I think about those three because you are selling the experience of mentoring. You're selling the vision yeah. and the mission of teammates. You sell the fact that mentors need support. And that is the way that this organization continues. And so whether or not it's a, here's the profits that result, right? We see the profits in a different context than dollars, right? We right. see it in kids succeeding. We see it right. in post-secondary plans. We see it in graduation rates and, and high levels of, um, uh, of match quality. Right. Um, and hope. And hope. Yep. Yep. So I would actually agree. I think the three of us sitting around the table would fit into one in each of those. So mm. it's an interesting concept when overlaid with strengths, right? Mm-hmm. Because it comes from, I think you're right, that connects so well to your Gallup themes. Yep. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it I need to dig into a little more because I don't know it. It's very, well. it's, um, mm-hmm. I guess it's, I didn't know about it until I took it. Um, and mm-hmm. ever since then, um, you know, I've done a little bit of work with the Builders Program and, and you know, I'll obviously do more um, this coming school year. And You'll be diving in with uh, Tim Hodges, yep. who is a great... Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal teacher. I'm very excited. Everyone that I've ever talked to has always said that he's the best professor you'll ever have. So oh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very excited about that. Um, but you know, I got lucky with the with the strengths job, and I got lucky within the the institute. So you're also um, very well equipped. It's yeah. not just luck. I guess. It's not just luck. Um, I do want to play a little bit of word association with Sean. Hmm. Or and would you I like, have a I have a final question. Would Maybe you, if a word association might be come better coming from you. Thing to wrap up. No, I haven't prepared word association. You, you have one? No. Oh, I do. Okay, good. Um, I I have um, maybe a question before. Maybe we can end with word association. Okay, but cool. um, uh, You've heard a, little, a few of our shows before, mm-hmm. uh, and we've talked a lot about strengths, um, really dove deep into the language. We've talked about builders. We've talked a little bit about kind of your background and your relationship. One of my favorite episodes we've ever done is what are the assumptions that other generations make about mine? And so I'd love to hear a little bit about what are the assumptions you think that millennials, Gen Xers, baby boomers, um, what do you think other generations' assumptions are about Gen Zs? And what do you want other generations to know about you? Kind of the flip side. What are maybe judgments that we make about you? But then also, what do you really want us to know about you? Um, I think a lot of the, um, you know, the words that come to mind when, other people think about our generation is unmotivated. Um, a lot of people think that um, everything is set out for us and everything has been laid out for us by everyone else, which is always what happens to every single lower generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I hear when I hear people say that my generation's unmotivated and and um, everything's been handed to them, uh, I take it with a lot of offense, and I'm sure a lot of my generation would um, you know there's never been um, this many people making this high of influence everybody in their own industry has been successful and doing great things and um, you know it's gonna be hard to fill some of the roles that other generations have gotten but you know I think uh, we're we are the I think I guess Gen Z is the um, generation of this this creativity, this motivation, this drive that other generations haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I guess when I kind of break it down into, um, you know, it's our freshmen versus the seniors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see a lot more motivation coming from freshmen, as in schoolwork, as in involvement, as in a lot of different things. Um, but I really think that um, a lot of it comes from you know, just generational generational issues um, as far as your generation handing things out to my generation because you're obviously the parents of it. Um, and so I think a lot of people think that my generation's really coddled and has been, um, you know, not aware of all the things that could happen. And so 
I guess coming from my perspective, I don't want that to continue to be an assumption because I think, I guess in my experience of life so far, <laughs> is that uh, everything that has happened is, I guess, the new, um, you know, trends of, of, I guess, societal issues has mm-hmm. really been like traumatizing for a lot of our generation, whereas we're creating to make more change rather than sit back behind the lines and watch it happen. Yeah. Um, so that's just my insight. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm just an experiencer of this. I'm not a, I'm not an expert or anything, but. But um, that's our, that's why we wanted you here because yeah, neither know, of us but, are in that generation, right? Yeah. So we can, we can talk and we've, we've talked a little bit about Gen Z's, but we don't have a Gen Z voice. So we really appreciate that you're, you've been here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting when you think about, uh, assumptions in terms of, of what you had mentioned regarding the lack of motivation or the mm-hmm. lack of work ethic. And and I think those assumptions, I think a lot of assumptions about generations are made prior to them like leaving the nest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So right. I'm going to give this example because I know you guys, the fact that you your mother is not your beta house mom, mm-hmm. right? That you can, or the parent association mom, you can spread your wings now, right? right. In the metaphorical sense yes, of exactly. you've left an awesome mom who has been very involved in your life, but yet has maybe tempered some of those explorations and the need to have that strong work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. I know you want him to say yes to and this. So I keep asking But him. you keep asking him, yes. Um, but I think it's probably good for him to have that experiential learning, right? Within the college setting is the place where you really get to step out mm-hmm. from underneath the leadership and authority of parents in order to say who am I really right what am I going to put my energy and effort towards Um, and I think about it a lot in I heard from um, Jim Asplin, the chief scientist behind Strengths. I listened to him. It was actually at last year's Strength Summit when he talked about how adaptability is um, one strength that is statistically different based on younger generations compared to older generations, that and futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but adaptability, he said it's because when kids are young, when they're in high school and they're taking their strengths or even soon into college, they're still under the leadership and authority of their parents. Mm-hmm. So they have to kind of go with wherever their parents need to go. They are um, kind of succumb to their parents driving them places Mm -hmm. and getting rides and time management when their parents tell them they have to be home, curfew, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. Um, And so even I, I think assumptions or even putting generations into boxes happen even before those generations experience life. And I think that's one of the things that I've encountered as a millennial, right? We get such a bad rap uh, that that it's those assumptions were made prior to even experiencing life. Like we mm-hmm. hadn't even been in the workforce before there were all these things about millennials, millennials. and yeah. and give them all a participation trophy, yeah. right? <laughs> I think a lot of the assumptions between millennials and my generation are the same, just because mm-hmm. you know Somewhere. we haven't left. But they're mm-hmm. also coming from the people that are older. Right. That say that we have done nothing wrong. Yes, yes. It's 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 not <laughs> It's All just, those Gen Xers, man, alive, you guys. Actually, it's just the it's same not us. thing. It's, not it's just the same thing that happens every time because your generation yeah. was mm-hmm. looked down upon. Your generation's yeah. been looked down upon. My generation. It's like totem pole. Of, it's it's mm-hmm. like the same totem pole every single time. And nobody's mm-hmm. gonna nobody's gonna say, "Oh, we're the big dogs," until the mm-hmm. other big dogs are gone. It's like yeah. the senior seniors in high school. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. It literally is. That's what it's like. It's like. Oh yeah, we run this, and then they're gone, and then they're like the juniors <laughs> come up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we run yeah, this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's really a, how such it's a bad. good analogy because they're usually our four generations at any given point. Yeah, yeah kind of. Okay, so I loved what you said, though, and it was so great to hear your perspective to say that that people in your generation, and I have witnessed this with Parkland is the example that I think of, that are not willing to stand by and let the status quo be the status quo anymore, to challenge the narrative in our society, to challenge the assumptions and the biases that people have held Mm -hmm. for their whole life, and that's what I admire so much about Gen Zs, and I, too, I've seen the ingenuity. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to um, the ICANN Conference, a women's leadership conference here in Omaha, and and one of the speakers, um, she was 19, mm-hmm. um, and she is the tampon runner gal. She wrote Girls Who Code. She's a coder. And for a coding camp that she went to, she created a video game where it's a girl that it's it's very, looks like beta, you know, zeros and ones, clearly very, very simplistic mm-hmm. game, right, with coding. Um, but it's a girl who throws tampons at her attackers. And it was all about <laughs> changing, changing the narrative about menstruation, right? It happens to women. So it was like social challenge 
coupled with females in an industry that's not female dominated. And right. so it was just incredible. She's wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. She's like 19 years old, right? And so I just think the, these people that, that I see and witness within your generation that are so so powerful and saying, I'm not going to let someone dictate my time, let someone be my boss, right? I want to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. You see entrepreneurship on the rise within right. your generation in a, in a huge amount of ways. Um, but then also, I'm not just um, stepping out in my own for my own reason, right? I'm mm-hmm. stepping out to create change. And I think that's really powerful. And I think it's something we can look to. I look to and I say you're an inspiration. Your generation is right. to me um, to say you're you're not content with where we're at. You want to make change um, and you want to do it, you know, autonomously. I think it's, it's I think a lot of it is, um, you know, I think the Gen Xers have, I guess that would be our parents, but um, I think a lot of it, was more or less like um, being comfortable with who you are. I think that they yeah. they have a really like like I guess I guess not obviously not everyone, um, mm-hmm. but I think a majority of people were very like, okay, you can do it. Like go do what you want. Like not yeah. be like you're gonna go be a dentist because I was a dentist. Like that's just not how it was. Mm-hmm. It was very mm-hmm. much like go to college, go do what you want to do, go figure out your life yeah. or whatever you want to do. I mean that's the same way that me and Lauren were raised where. You can do whatever you want regardless. And I think it was a lot of, right, what they learned from their parents, Uh right? A lot of um, my parents not wanting to be their parents. They have said that, right? And I have great grandparents. Not as much rebellious. Yeah. (laughs) You were all the rebellion. (laughs) Well, and you you come from, your dad is the fifth generation in the newspaper business. Mm -hmm. And the likelihood of you continuing that is very small. Mm-hmm. Um, as a career, yeah, as a career, right? Of course, maybe not as owning it or right, you know. But as a career, as of I'm gonna be in their day to day operations, right? Yeah, no, that's and your not dad me. and your uncle and your grandpa and your great aunt and yep. your grandpa, your great grandpa and your great great grandpa. I mean, that was everybody their career. Yep, career. doing exactly what their dads did. Yes, hmm. and so that I guess. Um, I guess it's not always, not necessarily going against the status quo, but I would say um, just kind of making your own path. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, you know, there's not, I guess in my sense, there's not a, there's never been, I don't think there's ever been a beta that was a, you know, a UNL strengths coach, and now there's two of them that are in the builders program. I don't think that's happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's about like that, that trend setting and, and making the path so that others can, you know, continue down it and yeah. maybe figure out, you know, what they want to do themselves. So um, I think that's my generational. Definitely. Yeah. I don't that's know. Awesome. I don't even know what else. That's no, pretty good. That's awesome. All righty. Thanks so much for indulging me and yeah. uh, speaking. And I'm I not know, an expert of, a, right? of, of Gen Zers, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you my spiel. But of how I do I've want to um, strength spot that. That you even feel reluctant to speak for the entire generation. Yeah, Gen that's Z, not right? fair. That's your individualization that <laughs> yeah, comes out, though. That says each and every Gen Z is different. Yeah, every and single so person lived a, lived mm-hmm. a different different life than me, yep. so I can't yep. speak for everyone, but I can yep. speak for myself and, and what you've my, my my yep. lifetime. That's awesome. My short nineteen year lifetime. Nineteen year lifetime. <laughs> so sweet. I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> Already, Alex. It's a golden podcast, Mom. Forty-four. <laughs> it is. Huh? Um, so to imagine that when you were born, I was twenty-five. Yep. I was the same age Tess is now. Twenty-five. Oh my gosh. So. Oh my God! What? <laughs> yes. So That's sometimes nuts. that gives me That's a little so bit of. Um, and that was your second child. Oh it was my, my gosh. second. Twenty-one was and the first. Second and last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the favorite. <laughs> And we often say if we would have had you first, we probably wouldn't have. <laughs> That's the worst. I can't cutting that out. No. No, you um, gotta keep it. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Because I have a lot. Right. Don't overthink this, please. I'm not. I'm... All right. I want you to lean in just a little bit. All right. Yep, we gotta hear your responses. Okay, ready? Yeah. GPA. Beta. Woodman Speech Contest. Oreos. <laughs> now that needs some explanation, but. I wrote a speech about Oreos in the fourth grade, and I won the wooden, the, the school speech competition. It was you know what you the also prompt won was the district. yeah you you want to know what the prompt was it was a uh, greatest invention of all time greatest American invention. Everybody did like the telephone and you know like cars. I did Oreos. That's your risk. Yeah. And there it is. Your sister. 
Passion. Basketball. Don't overthink. Uh, Brantley. Captain Underpants. Mom. <laughs> we, we read that together. Uh, Patriots. Danny Woodhead. The Leaf Gang. Oh, <laughs> toy boxes. So we had neighbor boys that were triplets, and they would hang, up, hang out in our tree, and they would drop like ninjas out of the tree. So Sean's dad started calling them the Leaf Gang. Leaf gang. We came home one day, and um, they used to steal all of our ice cream sandwiches out of the freezer. They'd go in the house, take Sean's toys. And Sean was little, and he was really good about including others, and he was just kind of like, it's cool, I can play with my stuff, until the day we came home, and they, were, they had his Nerf guns out. And it was on. <laughs> He, he unstrapped himself out of his seat, and he said, I'll take care of this. So, Leaf Gang. Newspaper. Uh, generations. Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, opportunity. Spider-Man. Poster. ACT. Disappointing. <laughs> Slip and slide. Hill. Sledding. Fence or tree. Either one. I've hit many of them. He came home, had a big old mark and on his chin, and he said, tr- Mom, a, a tree ran into me. I hit a branch. <laughs> Lake. McCabe's. Pay the toll. Rudy Big Rudy Bega. <laughs> we used to have all these secret words. Um, so I would, he would ride bikes with his friend um, Jackson, and I would put my arm out and I say, I would say, what's the password? You got to pay the toll, and it was Ruby Red Runabega. <laughs> Parent association. Association. Never associate, please. Mother. Norris. Mother. Um. Oh man, I I, I guess uh, I guess opportunity again. I think. Titans. Home. Questions. Mom. Water birth. (laughs) (laughs) So, so bad because I know way too many of your stories. Jaundice. So, Sean was born in his bag of waters, which is very rare. But for whatever reason, the story that he told as a, what, junior in high school? Sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school was that he was was water water birth. Hey, but I survived, and I, I had jaundice. Let's not forget that. All right, keep going. Okay, God. Sunday dinner. <laughs> Family. Broken wrist. Football. Eye scratch. Cornea. <laughs> Metal ball. <laughs> Praise. <laughs> Praise that we found it? Yeah. Okay, and then just two more. Heart. Mom. Hope. Future. Perfect. Oh, you guys are lovely. Thank you so much. Wow, I feel like I just learned so much listening and just watching you guys interact. I think, I think Sean, the first time I met you was maybe six months ago. And I've known you for five years, Allie. And so I heard all of these stories. Oh, all of these stories. Like I've heard about the Leaf Gang and I've heard about the water. I've heard <laughs> about are, what happened to your We are a family of storytellers. Literally, you that's, are. We, that's you literally totally what are. it is. Oh, I should have added Maraca. Uh, uh. Oh, oh that's, a, that's a good story, too. I love oh, that, man. Well, I, we just so appreciate you coming. Like mm. I mentioned, we, um, we know that you don't. You know, you can't summarize a whole generation, right, in one person. But I think your perspective when it comes to Gen Zs, your perspective when it comes to strengths, but also builders, I think is unique to ours. And so we just love, mm. um, we just wanted to include another voice, I think, in that. So we so appreciate you being here, Sean. And um, and yeah, I guess um, I'm going to summarize this up here. And I actually would love, we always like to leave our listeners with a little bit of a takeaway. I'd first love to hear any strengths that you spotted within Sean. If there's anything that you're like, oh gosh, I heard this so much and nobody pointed it out, let us know. Um, as a reminder, um, his top 10 strengths, competition, context, deliberative, individualization, analytical, achiever, focus, futuristic, discipline, and restorative. So that's the number one prompt we'd love to leave people with. And then number two, I'd love to for each listener to think about somebody in the Generation Z that they can talk to, um, whether or not they know their strengths, um, whether or not they know builders, whether or not you know um, any of what we really talked about 
about or dug into to the depth that we did. Think about someone in that generation, someone that's a Gen Z that you can talk to and ask them some of the questions that we asked Sean today. Ask them maybe about assumptions about their generation or maybe strengths overall of their generation, what they love about being in their generation. Um, I think the more that we, we've talked about, the more we have conversations about it as, as much as we try not to label, uh, when we stop engaging in conversations, when that labeling happens to a really negative and a detrimental way. Uh, and so I would just encourage people to find someone in your life uh, that is of a different generation, if you can't find a Generation Z, but especially maybe tap into that generation and just have a conversation about them. Ask them what life is like um, being their age, coming from their generation, um, and, and be open to learning from them. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode 44 of Jen and Millie. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, share this episode or any of our other episodes with a friend um, as we are a little bit newer to the podcasting world. I'm thinking I should kind of phase that out eventually as we're on episode 44. But, That's so old. Um, and apparently we're so old. Um, I can't imagine. You're not new to the podcasting. Years. She's Louise. But we would love to hear your reactions to this. Um, do you want more interviews with people? Did you like this format? Um, did you, uh, do you like our kind of other formats? We'd love to hear any feedback you want to share with us. Uh, as you heard, we adapt uh, what we do based on feedback that we hear from you all. So um, feel free to share feedback with us. You can interact with us and share your responses to the questions and prompts we posed in this episode by following us on Instagram. Is the easiest way to find us at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.